This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why are Swiss army knives red? The answer to that at the end of the show. I'm Tom Scott, and this is Lateral. Joining me today are three folks who I've asked to play here because, well, frankly, we've got some good questions to ask and the show is going to be very boring without them. Uh, Jade Tan Holmes from Up and Atom. Hey! You are not Jade Tan Holmes, Luke. I I appreciate the enthusiasm, but that was not your cue. I'm not cheering myself, Tom. From Up and Atom, Jade Tan Holmes. Hi, good to be here. From the Side Guys podcast, we have Corey. Hello. And we have Luke. Hey! There we go. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, on cue. Some people would reshoot that intro. Uh, Luke, sorry. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep rolling. I've got some clever questions here that need unwrapping. Our panel have to remove the layers of mystery one at a time, like uh, some weird game of intellectual pass the parcel, but hopefully with less tears and shouting at the end of it. Uh, first question, then. Uh, this one's from me to you three. Good luck. From your seat, you can see a salt shaker and a sea slug inside a circle. Why? I'll give you that one more time. From your seat, you can see a salt shaker and a sea slug inside a circle. Why? I hated uh, saying that question. There were so many S's <laughs> in that question. Um, I'm thinking something to do with a submarine. Oh, why do you say that? Uh, well, because we've got a sea slug for one, and... A salt, like a salt shaker, you said, right? Yeah. So you're like dry inside somewhere. And then a circle because a submarine window is like a circle. Oh, I. this is one of those things where I get to say it's a lovely answer and it's completely <laughs> along totally the wrong lines. It's, <laughs> okay. it's great though. Like something in your head connected that to submarine, possibly just all the S's I had to say. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> no, this is, this is on dry land. Oh. oh. Sea slug. So- oh, aquarium. Uh, what was you? What did you say, Luke? No, I was uh, no, I was just owing at the fact that we're we're on dry land because um, I, I hadn't got that, and I, I wondered why Jade thought we were dry. Mm. I guess because the salt shaker. But it might be empty. Oh salt. yeah, doesn't necessarily oh. need to be. Oh. Any, well, what's the salt circle made of? Is the circle made of salt? Because you make salt circles <laughs> to keep. Ghosts, oh. I, I guess. <laughs> You've you picked up on these questions very well. That's that's a good start. Um, now the the circle is a it is a physical circle. Uh, mm-hmm. That's 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 not a metaphor. It's not made of salt, but the salt is definitely used within it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not a not a standard seat in the way that I would assume it's a seat. Uh, in this case, yes, but it's not the only one around. Okay, that made things worse. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you have a seat. There are lots of other seats around you, and this one is yours. Like I'm thinking, like an audience, like seated in the round, looking at something. Yes, mm. absolutely. So would that be the circle? Hmm. Oh, oh, oh. oh okay. So people sitting around in a circle, and there's a sea slug and some 
salt shaper. Yep. Is the sea slug a sea slug or is it a person dressed as a sea slug? Oh, that's that's an excellent question, Luke. It is not a literal. You have successfully worked out that some parts of this question are very literal and some aren't. The sea slug is not literally a sea slug. Oh, it's not. So we're watching some kind of play, potentially. A performance, like a, certainly. Like a performance of like something like The Tempest or something. Oh, a, a, a lovely Shakespearean reference. Um, <laughs> wrong, wrong part of the world for that. But I don't remember it... the, the the sea slug as a character in the Tempest. But you know, I'm part... thinking laterally. <laughs> wrong part of the world. Is it kind of like a gladiator type scenario? Uh, it's competitive, definitely. Quite yeah, there's, you've, you've got a big competition. You've got a big physical competition going on here. A big physical competition, yeah, the cir- like a war, the circle, or like a competition. <laughs> the, the circles. Of- <laughs> what is a war but a big physical competition? Oh, we've we've gone on to philosophy very quickly here. <laughs> <laughs> this is making me think of do, do you know those shows that are sort of sort of challenge shows like Takeshi's Castle? Can we? Can I say that? Can you, I reference that? Uh, you definitely can for this question. Okay. Oh, really? Oh. Because I'm, okay, if we're thinking sea slug, I'm thinking like, do you know the sort of Japanese mascots? I'm I'm thinking that mixed with some kind of Takeshi's Castle style competition. On your list of Japanese stereotypes, you've nearly <laughs> got it. The oh circles, the circles Come about five so meters clear. across. The circles about five meters across. The sea slug. Sumo wrestling. There we go. Salt. Sumo yeah. wrestling. Salt. Because you you sprinkle salt in the. Oh, there we go. There well, we go. How, why do you sprinkle salt? Uh, to cle- is it not to cleanse the ring? Yeah, purify themselves in the arena. The, wow. the first thing they do. So one of the first things sumo wrestlers do traditionally, they throw out salt into the arena. So the the salt shaker is literal. Um, also, there is a sumo wrestler called the salt shaker. That's that's his name. I love how this does require thinking laterally, but it also requires <laughs> yeah. detail, detailed knowledge of Japanese culture. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the the sea slug is the nickname of uh, Asahi Fuji. I'm probably mispronouncing or mis-emphasizing uh, no that. Uh, who became Japan's grand champion of sumo at the age of 30. So Brilliant. The, the sea slug <laughs> is one of the wrestlers. The salt shaker is either one of the wrestlers or literally the salt shaker. Uh, and the circle is the sumo ring. I see. Wow. Insane. <laughs> it all what makes an introduction. sense. You really did get thrown Finally. in, ironically, at the deep end, given how dry that question turned out to be. With that one. <laughs> From submarine to Japanese sumo culture. Love that. Yep. Like, I'm just glad that being a weep finally paid off for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for one of our guests to bring a question. Uh, as always, I haven't seen it. I don't know the question. I don't know the answer. I'm going to be playing along with everyone else. Uh, we're going to start with Cory. This one's on you. What's your question, please? Why does a list of number one albums for the official UK music charts have no entry for the year 1959? Because uh, the charts didn't exist yet. Oh, they, <laughs> they, it, wasn't, it wasn't soon before that. I think, I think it was the early 50s the charts started, actually, Luke. Okay, well, I do happen to know um, that the charts didn't used to be charts of music. They used to be charts of sheet music. I don't know if that's relevant in any way. Uh, maybe there was a, a paper shortage. I, <laughs> do you know what? I'll say that sheet music 
is somewhat on the right track, <laughs> I, I think. Like, tangen- very tangentially. <gasps> was there some kind of, like, general strike of musicians? Like, there are screenwriter <laughs> strikes in Hollywood. I, is there a musicians' union? I feel like I feel like Again, there should be a musicians' yeah, union, but well, there's like performing rights society. That's not really a union, but it's kind of representative of sorts. Actually, yeah, there is. And I'm, I'm also thinking. So the charts. I mean, the charts are meaningless these days. This is this is a, this is harsh to the charts, but I, I don't mm. think they've really meant much since buying records got replaced with streaming. Well, did you see Josh Peters' new video in which he? Um, successfully bought his way into the UK top 40 by just getting like 5,000 downloads on a rubbish song he made. Oh, I'm glad someone's finally done that. I've had that <laughs> Wait, idea Frank. in my head for ages and I didn't want to be that much of a jerk, but I know Josh has no no problem with irritating people for a thing. I would be too awkward to pull that off. Wait, Corey, can you say the question again? Yeah, so why does a list of number one albums for the official UK music charts have no entry for the year 1959? Now, that's incredible because the charts are every week. And so that's 52 weeks where there were no charts. So that's particularly... Wait, did you say, like, did you say albums? Albums, yes. Albums. Oh, because they, because it was an album. It was mu- sheet music already no, no, back no. then. <laughs> okay, don't, <laughs> don't let the sheet music confuse you. When I say tangential, I mean so incredibly tangential. I probably okay. should not have mentioned we, it. We, so this is what I've had to learn over the last few episodes. <laughs> Jade, Jade, was it you who's, or was it Tom who said um, everyone, said, um, did you say albums? Well, I was just wondering, like, uh, is, it, is it always an album that needs to be on the list? No, there's, there are songs in the UK Top 40. Maybe it was a single or it was an instrumental, and that's what he meant by sheet music. I'm wondering no. what about the sheet music thing. <laughs> I feel so bad about the sheet music thing. Like It's, it's, it's so unrelated. It's unrelated. Okay. So it's, it is definitely about albums, and the albums were, were bought and sold entirely normally throughout that entire time. Corey, were there any entries for the year 1958? Yes. So there are a number of albums that were listed for both 1958 and 1960. It's just 1959 for the for the entire year. Yeah. So on so on this list of number one albums for the entire year, there is no entry for 1959. Corey, thinking laterally here, uh, as is the assignment, um, were there chart recordings for albums in the year 1959? They're just not on the list that you have. Yeah, absolutely. So, so okay. the albums were compiled entirely normally during 1959. It's just on this list of number one albums for the official UK album charts. There is no entry for 1959. Was the album controversial? No, like no, it's, 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 the album was not controversial at all. None of, well, none mm-hmm. of the, none of the number one albums for that year were controversial at all. So there should have been a set of results every week, right? There should have been an album chart week. Is this like best album of 1959? It was recorded no. normally every single week. Yeah. So it's not just one album for the entire year. There would have been 52 separate times that it was recorded. Does anyone know anything significant that happened in 1959? <laughs> I don't know. Let me run through the entire lyrics of We Didn't Start the Fire. It'll be in there somewhere. It's one, of, one of the verses is 59. Um, is it like when you have a magazine... This is this this dates me. When you used to buy magazines in actual shops, and you would like November's magazine would be on sale from like October the fifth, because they wanted to make it last for as long as. And Lookers Lookers 
I wanted to have as long a shelf life as possible. Mm. And like they just decided that, that the 1959 albums were in 19... That was stupid as soon as I started it. <laughs> uh, it wasn't uh, stupid. I think I had something, was thinking something similar um, that maybe it's written across like some pieces of paper or something and I don't know when the cutting it got cut out or something. <laughs> so what I say is to do with the way that the list is written. I mean more in the way in the way that um entries for the list are made. Rather than literally what it's written on. And that would like if it was an annual chart and they decide to like slip by one or something like that, that would make sense. Like you had a nineteen fifty eight chart and then they were like, oh, that's that's actually turns out that's actually for 1957 because we compiled them at the end of the year or something like that. But they sort of slipped by a few days and, and missed a year or something like that. It's that's I would say that's almost on the right track. It's it's in a similar a similar vein to the actual reason. I can give you another another hint, but this might really really give it away i mean at this point like unless jade have you got anything I'm, lost. I'm so lost right now i'm thinking like is it to do with computers or typewriters or handwritten like i'm pretty lost okay so i'll just i'll do the question again and i'll, I'll add a little sort of hint into it so on a list of number one albums for the official uk music charts there is no entry for the year 1959 and that has to do with the way that they write the list and when they decide to add new entries onto that list. Oh, were there no... Were there only 1958 albums popular in 1950? Like, did no one release any good music in 1959? <laughs> and so well, they just... There were, there, there, well, there were too many uh, good uh, albums? The exact opposite Every of single one was a draw. No. Every single one was a draw. <laughs> Can, can, connect, uh, connect the sorry, dots, sorry. Just connect the dots. This is this is there were, no good music wait, was so sold wait, in 1959. The, the exact opposite of all of the albums were good is that none of the albums were good. That there was one good album in that for the entirety of the year, there was only one album that was number one on that on that chart, and it came into the charts. It came to number one on the charts oh in the year gosh. 1958. So since oh there were no God. new albums that were number one for 1959, there was no entry for 1959. Oh, so there had to be new albums. Because it was just number one for like 60 weeks, starting at the end of 1958 and ending at the start of 1960. Yeah, so the soundtrack to the musical South Pacific was number one for that entire year. It oh came in... God. Yeah. <laughs> it came in on... There just wasn't any other number one. No, it came in on November 2nd, 1958, and then it was knocked off on March 6th, 1960. So for that entire year, then a couple months, there was no new album at number one. So there were new albums, they went into the charts, they just didn't make it to number one, so you can't, <laughs> yep. you can't put a definition of number one album in there, because it was number one from 1958 on. Oh! <laughs> 50, what, 60 weeks of the same album at number one. People just kept buying that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was because it was from a really popular musical, so everyone yeah, just really loved it. But it's also up against every album ever, so I think that <laughs> does qualify for there was no very good music in 1959. <laughs> 
See, I was thinking that there was just one such such a good piece of music that everything else just paled in comparison, you know? Well, that's the optimistic way of looking at it. <laughs> so there was only one particular album, the soundtrack to South Pacific, that was number one for the entirety of the year 1959. So you couldn't add a new entry to that list because there was no new entry for 1959. Right, the next question is from me. Good luck. In 2019, people who were looking to improve their drinking habits went to a section of an Asda supermarket in Britain. However, around a third of the people who went were confused, or at best, amused, when they saw this sign. What was on the sign? I'll give you that again. In 2019, people who were looking to improve their drinking habits went to a section of an Asda supermarket in Britain. However, about a third of people were confused, or at best, amused, when they saw this sign. What was on the sign? So first, can I ask, what is an Asda? Um, a, uh, <laughs> they are owned by Walmart. Uh, so it's so like a Walmart, okay. I, it is, it yeah. is a big box supermarket store. And I'm going to apologise. This, this is quite a British question. So you may be at a disadvantage here, Jade. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. So I'm guessing from what you've said that, um, okay, you've said separately, people who are looking to improve their alcohol habit go to this area but one third are like disappointed or find it funny so there's something about the sign that can be misconstrued which means that about a third of the people who go towards that sign aren't actually intending to reduce their alcohol intake um but they were intending to get something else so i find that i find this fascinating Luke. you've picked up i said improve their drinking habits and you have translated that to reduce oh. their alcohol intake and here's the thing oh. it's absolutely correct Okay, you just right. steamrolled over a whole load of red herrings that we put in that question. Okay. Also, I'm not sure steamrolling over red herrings is a good metaphor, but you know what? <laughs> we'll, metaphor. we'll stick with it. <laughs> so okay. people that wanted to improve their drinking habits, they went to Asda and they saw a sign that was amusing or confusing. For about a third of the people there. Okay, was well, it something like it said free alcohol rather than alcohol free? Uh, again, oh. Luke, you you've just got it. So what? Wow. Yeah, no, you oh just I'm, you're steamrolling so through this question. It's, it's excellent. You've missed one bit, and there's one okay. bit in here that that we've carefully elided in the question here. When I said it was an Asda supermarket in Britain, you even write about the words they mixed up: alcohol free. Instead, it was free alcohol. <laughs> Why was it my... in Wales? And that's and... the game. Ah, oh, you yes. sorry, Jade. You just well done. There, were, there was one British person <laughs> making uh... just incredible deductions there. It, it was fun to see those deductions. I was like, wow, yeah. like uh, he's he's on the ball, this guy. Wow, just straight through. <laughs> this was. Uh, I'm gonna mispronounce this. Apologies to any Welsh listeners. It, I have it as alcohol amphim, which is alcohol free. Uh, literally, it means alcohol. <laughs> free not 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 free it's not free of alcohol the alcohol is just free Um, so is this like a translation error when you like when you see like a chinese shop with a sign that says translate translation server not available well that's actually happened in wales for road signs as well oh my god Um, are you telling me they put road signs through google translate (laughs) and that's how they make them uh it actually said i am not in the office at the moment please send any work to be translated Uh, in Welsh, <laughs> because they'd sent the message, they'd got the reply, they'd put the reply on the sign. It's, it's 
fine. But wait, if it was in Wales, why were one third of people confused? Because only about one third of people in Wales speak Welsh. <gasps> oh, okay. Brilliant. I see. I see. Or in, certainly in, in that region of Wales, because I know right. someone's going to call me out on the statistics on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I got nothing to add on that. We have hit every single note on that question very quickly. Uh, it was a sign in a Welsh supermarket that said free alcohol instead of alcohol free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Which means we roll on to Jade's question. Jade, what have you brought? In The Lord of the Flies by William Golding, the gang of boys on a faraway island start a fire. What's the problem with this scene? In The Lord of the Flies by William Golding, the gang of boys on a faraway island start a fire. What's the problem with this scene? Okay, so I have not seen or read The Lord of the Flies, but I have seen the Simpsons episode Daz Bus, <laughs> in which <laughs> in which they use Milhouse's glasses to start a fire. And <laughs> this and is so, like saying I've not seen Hamlet, but I have seen Toy Story. <laughs> Actually, Wait, it would be wow. The Lion King, which I, is also Hamlet. I was going to bring you on that as well. I absolutely <laughs> was. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I also haven't read Hamlet, but I have seen The Lion King. Toy Story is. Of course, based on Titus Andronicus. Just, uh, sorry, I can't say oh, stuff like that without because because audio listeners will be like, "Oh, yeah, no, that makes it no." That was absolutely just I made that up. That was that was a lie. <laughs> you sounded confident. That's the problem. I, 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 I've got a British accent and I sound confident. It mm. just you can get You've away got with ten anything. years of being an authority on stuff, Tom. It's not gonna you can't. It's not gonna wane away like that, is it? I'm not uh, gonna lie, Tom. I did believe you when you said that. I was fully <laughs> sitting there, like, yeah, I believed cool. you as well. I believed you. As well. I was like, of Tom, of course, Tom knows this. With with, <laughs> with great accent comes great responsibility. Apparently. <laughs> um. Anyway, Cory, you were actually on a really good track. I'm worried I might actually have it. I'm worried I might have figured this out. Completely. Oh, okay. Well, so here's what happens in this case. Curry, if you want to take that gamble, you just step out of this question. If you've got pen and paper, write it down. We'll, we'll take your word for it, if not. And step out and let uh, the two people who do not have the classic literature thing here, uh, we're going to try and work this out, Luke. The classic literature thing. The episode of The Simpsons that Curry has seen. <laughs> so it's got to be something wrong with the way they made the fire presumably because I, I wouldn't like i wouldn't be like fire is impossible to make on an island because i'm assuming fire they, they they made the fire right it's not like they made uh what, they, what you... they couldn't have made the fire i wonder right. if it's something to do with like humidity like you wouldn't whatever method you're using like rubbing sticks together or like however you might start a fire wouldn't work in the area of the world that lord of the flies is set because it's very humid um no Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we sorry. might keep bouncing that back and forth for a little while. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. It has so, nothing to do with where they are in the world. All right. Okay. So I guess the fire-making technique wouldn't work or something like that. I, I, yes, you're on the right track. So 
I don't know. How do you how do you how do you make a fire, Luke? I've got no outdoors ability. You get a magnifying glass and you focus it on an ant. <laughs> that, <laughs> that got very speaking from experience. Luke, you're vegan, are you not? No, I, I haven't always been vegan. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I actually haven't ever done that, but I don't know if that works. So that might be a line of question. And you like you rubs two sticks together. Did they like not have wood on the island? Did did the author like forget that there weren't any? trees on the island and then just describe them rubbing sticks together well that apparently isn't it's not based on where they are so oh, yeah and there definitely are trees uh, from my gcse memory of lord of the flies well you've actually studied okay i haven't oh I, good okay i mean I say so I've, you've got yeah. no excuse well uh <laughs> no it's like... <laughs> yeah, i blocked most of school out of my head to be honest um Oh, well, that's a damning okay. indictment, isn't it? You said I've blocked most of school out, and two of the other people in here went, "Yeah, that's fair." That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, are we on the right track, Jabe, with the idea of like a magnifying glass or kind of focusing light on a point to create a yes, fire? Yes, that is definitely on the right track. Okay. Well, does that just not work? Um, it can't. It does work. Wait, um, aren't the kids' glasses? broken earlier isn't that a plot point <gasps> or am i confusing that with the twilight zone i might be confusing that with the twilight zone an episode which i haven't seen but also know about from the simpsons by the way <laughs> just just bring that one out <laughs> so a magnifying glass would work but a pair of glasses would not unless they were so extreme in their magnification which nobody wears i mean hmm. mm, as in nobody wears magnifying glasses on their face um <laughs> There's different reasons that people wear glasses. <gasps> okay, one of them is short-sighted and they need to be long-sighted, or one of them is long-sighted and they need to be short-sighted. Yes. Yay! Okay. I was nowhere near that. Curry, did you did you get it? <laughs> Can I? I'll just read out my notes verbatim. It says short sight glasses are concave, not convex. <gasps> convex. Uh, Concave can't focus light that way. I might have got concave and convex the wrong way around, but the glasses can't focus light if you're short-sighted. Oh, exactly. That's it. That's the one. Nicely yeah. done. Did you get that from The Simpsons? Uh, no, in The Simpsons, they use it like a like flint to make sparks. <laughs> so The Simpsons fixed oh. that problem, you know? <laughs> they used Milhouse's glasses to, and they just used it like flint? Yeah, to make sparks Ooh, and, uh, okay. and light a fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a Simpsons gag. That's 100% a Simpsons gag. The problem with the scene was that Piggy was short-sighted, so his strongly diverging lenses wouldn't focus light. So we go back to me for the next question. Good luck, folks. On Sunday, June the 6th, 1841, the famous English painter J.M.W. Turner rowed a boat into the Thames and stayed there overnight. Why? I'll give you that one more time. On Sunday, June the 6th, 1841, the famous English painter J.M.W. Turner rode a boat into the Thames and stayed there overnight. Why? I was just going to say he lost his pencil in the water. <laughs> Someone dumped his entire art supplies just out into the Thames and he's just fi just fishing, fishing for brushes and pencils. So when you say he stayed there overnight, he, he like chose to stay there and just sort of sat there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So something must have been happening to the Thames. Was like the the level was changing of, or something like that? Or it froze. Wait, no, it's in June. Never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the 40s. Never mind. I'm not sure frost fairs were, were still a thing by the uh, 1841, 1841. But I think the frost fairs were done by then. Was okay. He, okay. Was, was he painting and he could only like 
get a good view of what he wanted to paint at the <gasps> time or something. Um, uh, was this around the time of the Great Fire of London? You are roughly two centuries too late for that, unfortunately. Or fortunately, depending on how you think of it. Fortunately for him, he's yes. two centuries too late. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're in the middle of the Thames. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it is actually not to do with painting. He that's was he was a famous painter. That's probably why the story survived. But that's not why he was there. Why would someone take a boat out into the middle of the Thames to stay there? Probably some kind of like ritual or something. So this is, again, another thing that I, I don't know, Britain. There's no fish in the Thames, right? If there are, they're not very healthy. <laughs> Certainly not in 1841. <laughs> there was once a whale okay. in the Thames, actually, Jade. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Very lost, but yes. Yeah. Was it in 1841, perhaps? Perhaps this <laughs> yeah, is related. Was he whaling? Yeah. <laughs> you did say he took a boat, right? Yes. He's in a boat in the middle of the Thames. Hmm. And you would have to assume he dropped an anchor or something like that so he could just yes. make sure he was there for, for the whole night. And he was only there for one night. He went back in the following day. Yeah, he was just there overnight. Okay, so I guess we are, at the moment we're proceeding down the idea that he's on the Thames for a thing. But what if he's actually getting away from something on the land? Oh. Which is where my like Great Fire of London line of questioning was going, but clearly I did not listen in history. Um I don't know anything about history, so I have no idea what was happening in 1841. You're absolutely right that he was trying to avoid something. And he... Ritual's the wrong word, but it's it's vaguely along those lines. It's something that happens on a regular basis and still happens occasionally to this day. Like Like a holiday. Is it like something to do with having to go to church? It's an obligation, certainly. A oh, was it a wedding? Um, <laughs> he was running away from his wedding. Oh, I love that story. Was, <laughs> it, it, was it conscription to the army? Uh, it was not that big an obligation. Like if, if it okay. was conscription, they would, he'd have had to stay out there for a long, long time. This was just true. Yeah, he's really like, oh, I dodged conscription. <laughs> <laughs> they just, maybe they were, maybe they were more lax in eighteen forty-one. I don't know. <laughs> just swept through that area with the with the um, press gang for the navy, and just no, he, not here. All oh, right, well, well, guess what? Guess we're never coming back to London. Uh, no, in this case, he was he was absolutely <laughs> trying to avoid something, and it was just on that night. Someone's birthday. His maybe his mum's birthday. It's it's an obligation that everyone had that night. Oh. On the 6th of June. 6th of June, 1841. Is it something to do with royalty, maybe? Um, no. No, there aren't any mass obligations for royalty. Never mind. There aren't any obligations for... No, um, sorry. Slight, <laughs> slight, <laughs> slight Republican, uh, Republican jokes coming in here. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so hard. So, this is, uh, uh, again, a, a somewhat British question. Um... This has happened every 10 years for a long time. And the last one was last year, 2021. A oh, census. Is it, is it the census? Yes. Yes, absolutely <laughs> right. Wow. Oh, okay. It was a protest against the census. He didn't want to be counted. So he rode out into the middle of the Thames so he couldn't be counted as staying anywhere. I feel like if you see a bloke in the middle of the Thames, he's actually quite easy to count. You just <laughs> counted, spot him yeah. out there. Yeah, there he is Add out there, one. one. <laughs> uh, for bonus points that we just don't have 1911 someone tried the opposite does anyone know that story they definitely wanted to be counted <gasps> in the census oh did they not go to multiple different houses to be counted multiple times i feel like i've heard this 
story somewhere, or a story like this somewhere. Uh, she was counted twice. Um, the, the she is kind of important there as well. Oh, was she counted as her maiden name and her married name? Uh, no, this, uh, this was Emily Davison, the suffragette, in 1911. Oh. oh. Uh, who snuck into the Houses of Parliament so that she could put down on the census that that was where she was on the night of the census in 1911. <laughs> People have yes, very strong brilliant. opinions about the census, I'm learning. Uh, yes, uh, apparently so. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm assuming there's an Australian one as well, but... Yeah, we have one. No, not nothing so dramatic as the, the British stories, though. I mean, we just had a load of people putting their religion down as Jedi, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom, actually, as a practicing Jedi myself, I find that incredibly. I, 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 I'm terribly sorry. May the force be with you. I just want a practicing Jedi. Because I'm not very good at it yet, Luke. I'm supposed to hey! go to practice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, J.M.W. Turner was trying to avoid the census uh, by rowing into the middle of the Thames on the night of June the 6th, 1841. Uh, and he did avoid the census, but he did not avoid that story, putting him in the middle of the Thames in 1841 on a podcast a hundred and something years later. So very much on the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luke, the last guest question of the show is yours. Go ahead. Okay, this is what I got for you. So, a PhD student got two tattoos, one in the middle of each inner forearm. They were circles of different sizes. Why? Uh, I'm going to guess when you put them together, they make an eight. <laughs> I don't know which, so, which PhD? I'm immediately trying to work out if this is like a physics thing, and then I remember I didn't really do physics. So, like... Because I remember going into physics exams and trying to remember what the left hand and right hand rules were and mm -hmm. yeah. thinking that yeah, that's, yeah. that's an aid memoir you take in. But like, I feel like you can't cheat by getting things tattooed on you in an exam. Also yes. for a PhD, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and also just like two circles as well. Like, how much is that going to tell you? Yeah, there's not a lot of information. in a, What information is there in a circle, though? I mean, the radius and the diameter. I mean, there's pi, but that's in every circle, no matter its size. Uh, Luke, could you just give us the question again quickly? Okay, yes, it was. A PhD student got two tattoos, one on the middle of each forearm. They were circles of different sizes. Why? I don't know why I, my brain went to the elbow, which would just be a really painful tattoo. <laughs> so it's kind of there and there. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. Uh, well, so I will give you that it is not, uh, it's not on the elbows. It's sort of uh, on the forearm, on the like, soft side of the forearm. Yeah, so the fleshy bit. Where, your vein, where you can feel your veins. So you can the look middle. at it then. So you can look at it. That would, yes. Yeah. Yes. And they were just circles. Circle isn't like something else. Like it was just, it was just circles. Yes. Um, Cory, you'd said um, so she could look at it, um, mm -hmm. but... Uh, look, her looking at it was not the purpose of it. Right. Oh. Someone else looking at it. Or comparing them against something. Uh, I realise that I may have sent it the wrong direction because I said PhD. Uh, so I, I heard PhD and just went, oh, they must be a physicist putting formulas down. We don't even... This could be a, a liberal arts PhD for all we know. It could. Yeah, you're totally oh, right. Well, oh, but wait, Tob, you've said, you said um, something about the sizes. But we, we've we've got the the only difference between them is the size. And then Tom, you just said comparing. Maybe it's to compare the size of two different circles. 
as in to use as a reference for like real world circles. <laughs> Hold on, wait. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, yes. When I say two different circles, I mean two different circles in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. No, we're we're all kind of holding our, our arms up now. And going, <laughs> so yes, hold you, your arms up. And imagine you. Can I was going to say I wanted to guess maybe like a medical PhD, and she's um, circling some important place in the vein or something like that. I mean, people do get tattoos sometimes on, on things that are about to be amputated. <laughs> They're like, like, oh, it, it goes th- here, like the needle goes here. This one. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking like big circles, little circles? Do we know what, what size these things are? Well, uh, they are two different sizes. Uh, I would say one is little relative to the arm and one is fairly big relative to the arm. Uh, so maybe they're, maybe like you said, that, Jade, they're, they're comparing against something in... Maybe they're comparing against something in the real world. Is it is it a physics degree? Or have we just I, made that up? I will give you that it is relevant to physics. Okay, I'm going to say the Earth and the Moon. More, oh, oh, well, oh, well, that's, yeah, Jade, you got it. Oh, oh, wow. I was going to say the Earth and the Moon because people are really surprised at how far away they actually are from each other. So maybe it was kind of like, well, when she held out her arms... Um, it was like the exact distance from the oh. Earth to the Moon relative to their sizes. Jade, you've absolutely oh. nailed it. Oh, absolutely oh. nailed it. That's such so. a good tattoo idea. <laughs> it is pretty good, right? Then you can show people, hey, this is actually how far away they are. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That is so cool. So, yes, the sizes, the size difference between the two circles is the relative size between the Earth and the Moon. And exactly like you say, when you hold your arms out aside from each other, um, that is the relative positions of the Earth and the Moon. So you nailed it, Jade. One last bit of business before we're done then. At the very start of the show, I gave the audience a question, which was, why are Swiss army knives red? Very quickly for the panel, does anyone know this one or have any guesses? To to hide the the blood. That's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say, Jade? I said something to do with the flag, but... they weren't in, invented in no, Switzerland, right? Uh, it's not just... I mean, it is partly, I think, a, a patriotic link to Switzerland. They could have picked a few colours for this, but it's its not just that. Is it to fit the uniform if it's a Swiss army knife? Is that, is that silly? I, I don't... I don't think the Swiss army have, like, big red uniforms. That would be dreadful camouflage. Is it so it's, is it so it's easy to find? Because red is quite, like, eye-catching? You're on the right lines. Good to find... In what? In the dark. Not quite sure that's how colour works. No. (laughs) Oh, uh, uh, um, on grass. Nearly. It's Switzerland. On ice. In the snow. On ice. Yes, you're both right. Jade, Corey, you both got that. (laughs) Yay! Swiss army knives are red, so you can find them in the snow. So that is our show. Jade, let's start with you. What have you got going on? Where can people find you? Yeah, so I run a YouTube channel called Up and Adam. We talk about math, physics, and computer science. And you can just find me on YouTube at Up and Adam. Corey, go. I'm Corey. You can find me at Not Corey Everywhere, or you could check out my podcast with Luke Psyguys at Psyguys Pod Everywhere. Which brings us to Luke. And I am Luke. Yes, I do the podcast Sci Guys with Cory. You can also find me at Luke Cutforth, and you can watch my first feature film, if you like, called The Drowning of Arthur Braxton. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. How long's it been? Uh, since, since <laughs> six years. 
<laughs> You're really stabbing that Swiss Army knife in there. Yeah, you there I couldn't resist the joke. Sorry, <laughs> twisting it. Oh lord, it wasn't red enough. First time, first time I met you, you were talking about it. I'm just, like, that's partly sarcasm and partly I'm just really proud to actually see it out and winning awards. Like, seriously, oh, congratulations, so man. Uh, that is our show for today. Congratulations to all of you. Uh, if you want to know more about the show, or you want to submit an idea for a question, it's lateralcast.com. We are lateralcast pretty much everywhere, and you can catch video highlights at youtube.com slash lateralcast. Thank you very much to Jade Tan Holmes. Thanks, Tom. To Corey Will. Thank you. To Luke Cutforth. Thank you. I'm Tom Scott, and this has been Lateral.